Today, I'm answering your questions about Social Security, how much you should take out of the market before retirement, and how to lower your total retirement tax bill. This is Retirement Revealed, where Jeremy Kyle and his guests guide you towards making smarter retirement, investment, and tax planning decisions. Welcome to Retirement Revealed. I'm your host, Jeremy Kyle, and we're here to turn your retirement savings into retirement income. And today I'm answering your questions about Social Security, the Retirement Red Zone, and how can any software predict your total retirement tax savings? Before we get to the questions, and we definitely have some great questions, you might be wondering, how do I ask Jeremy a question? Well, you can go to retirement-reveal.com and in the top right corner, you will see a button that says, ask Jeremy a question. So go ahead, uh, ask those questions. Love to hear from you. Love to answer you directly. And we might just use it here to uh, enlighten the rest of the audience on the show. Uh, or you might be watching on YouTube on the Mr. Retirement YouTube channel. So go ahead, just type your comments uh, in there. And that's a, a great place to ask me a question. I've been responding to uh, everyone's comments on YouTube. So we've got a few questions. Uh, first question comes in about Social Security. It's a popular topic. And I'll just read the question here. It says, hello, Jeremy. Thanks for your awesome podcast. So of course, I'm going to read that part out to you. Uh, I've learned so many useful things since I started listening. I have questions about spousal Social Security. I'm 64 and still work part-time. I haven't started collecting my Social Security benefit. I'm divorced, but was married for over 10 years, so I can collect on my husband's benefits. So she definitely knows uh, some of the rules there with uh, being married over 10 years. My husband's benefit is lower than mine, so I would like to draw on his benefit and wait till my full retirement age to collect my own. I was told by someone that my spousal benefit could be reduced if I continue to work part-time and make over 21000 is this true? I want to have some background knowledge before my phone appointment with Social Security. Now, I responded back to her and got her all the, the questions answered. Very uh, thankful in time for her, her phone appointment, so that was helpful. Uh, but unfortunately, I had to give her some, some bad news. So he, here's a few questions that she's asking. And one of them is collecting on your own spousal benefit and then waiting till later to collect on her own higher benefit. Now, this was allowed for a few years, but that hasn't been allowed uh, for quite some time. Basically, you had to be born in 1953 or earlier. And of course, here, if she says she's uh, 64, she's born in uh, 59 or, or 1960. So she doesn't qualify there for this idea of something called file restrict. So you might have heard of this idea of file restrict, where you could collect on one benefit that you're due at a lower amount and then collect your higher benefit later on. So it was amazing while it lasted until Congress, uh, probably wisely uh, overall for the Social Security Trust Fund, changed it. No fund for the people that can't do it anymore. Uh, but she can't do that. She cannot do that. You cannot uh, do this idea of let me collect on my own lower benefit as a spouse and then switch over to my uh, husband's benefit. Uh, if you were born in 1953 or earlier, you could, but if you were born in 1953 or earlier, you're past 70, you've already switched over or you better have switched over. If you haven't switched over, go ahead and call Social Security and switch over to your, your higher benefit. Uh, so I wanna keep that in mind. She can't do that. But I also wanna point out something where this could have gone another way. She might've said, I'm not divorced, but I'm widowed. And if you are widowed, you can file for your own benefit 
and then switch to the surviving benefit spouse later on, or you could do what happens most of the time is the opposite. You could file as a surviving spouse first, allowing your own benefit to grow. And the reason why I say that happens mostly that time is as a surviving spouse, you could collect perhaps as early as 60, and then your ability to grow your surviving benefit stops around age 67. It's at your full retirement age, so we'll call it 67 right now. But your ability to grow your own personal benefit keeps on going till 70. And so if you are a surviving spouse, well worth it to go to a software that helps you figure out your social security. Talk to a financial advisor that knows what they're doing with social security. And a lot of things I've learned on this particular subject is from the National uh, Social Security Advisor Certificate. I've gone and taken their course uh, twice, not because I failed the first time, but because I was wanting to uh, reacquaint myself with the information four years, four years later. So if you are a surviving spouse, this is a possibility and you really wanna pay attention to, can I collect on one benefit earlier and then uh, get a higher benefit later on? Now, she also mentioned this idea of working part-time, making less than 21,000 below your full retirement age amount. And she's right on there. Whether you are a surviving spouse, you are on your spousal or divorce spouse benefit, whether you're on your own benefit, if you're below full retirement age, as you earn more money from working, gotta be working, can't be your pension or your investments, and you're on social security, there might be some withholding out of your social security where you don't get the full amount that you're expecting from social security, which you might think is unfair. At the same time, social security is there for your retirement age. And if you are working, social security says you're not fully retired until you hit your full retirement age. And a lot of times people say, oh, that I lose my benefit, I take it away. Really what they're doing is they're withholding where they're saying, we're not gonna pay you out this month or this two months or the full year, whatever the amount is. And then when you do hit full retirement age, they will recalculate your benefit. Uh, if you filed at 62, instead of your full retirement age of 67, your benefit's gonna be 30% lower, uh, but they might've withheld a few because you're working. They might've withheld maybe, uh, let's call it 12 months worth of your benefits. Well, you hit 67, they're gonna, basically give you credit and say, let's pretend you filed at 63 instead of 62 because you didn't get paid those those months. And if you get filed at 63 instead of 62, and that's how they look at you, now you only have a 25% pay cut, not the 30% pay cut. So it's really like they withhold it, give you kind of a time credit back, and then they start paying you a, a higher benefit. It's amazing how complicated Social Security can get, which is why I went and took that course a second time about four years later. I thought, I want to learn more and just give me some more information about, about Social Security. So that, uh, that should answer the Social Security question. Keep an eye out, especially if you are a surviving spouse on really calculating your, your Social Security. Now, question number two says, once you establish a buffer, so we're talking about, and they gave an example of five years. It's the idea of of money that's outside the, the stock market. So once you establish a buffer in terms of a time frame that you want short-term money set aside, is the idea to continuously keep that rolling year after year and tweaking that buffer amount based on timing with rebalancing and changes in expected spending uh, and age. So uh, yes, the idea is to keep uh, tweaking and reevaluating that uh, buffer. And let me, let me talk about that for a little bit. A lot of times people will say, you need 
three to six months worth of emergency fund money. If you're working, you should have three to six months worth of money. When you hit retirement, uh, you switched over where you need to think of your emergency fund, not in the terms of months, but in the terms of years. That's the idea of this, this buffer amount. And it's not a specific percentage. Uh, I had somebody on recently who mentioned that they set aside 10% of their money in, in cash. And I'm hoping they took some kind of uh, calculations to get there. It's not like 10% is the answer for everybody, how much you should have in cash. What you should have in cash is the amount of expected withdrawals, the money you plan to take out the next few years from your investments, that's what you ought to set aside towards cash and short-term types of investments. And then of course, how many of those years you wanna plan for is really based up to you. If you are more conservative, you wanna have more years set aside. You wanna know that maybe five years from now, 10 years from now, the dollars that you need coming out of your accounts are gonna be in things that aren't in the stock market specifically. So you want to evaluate how much risk you wanna have by the number of years that you have in this buffer, and that could change for you. And you also wanna have an idea of the, the amount of money that's coming out, kind of the two things that you get to multiply together, how many years you wanna protect and how much is coming out. And of course that changes too, because you might be somebody that's trying to max out your social security. If you're maxing out your social security, and you're waiting on your social security, you're not getting your social security next year. You're, you're taking money out of your investments. You have a really high kind of demand on your investments at the beginning of your retirement if you're somebody that's uh, maxing out your social security. So you probably wanna have a bigger buffer. You wanna plan for maybe your cash and short-term bonds to be providing you income for the next two, three, five years, whatever your number is, because then you know uh, that it'll turn into something else. It'll be social security that pays you out. Well, now what happens if social security is paying you out? You have less demand on your investments. There's less of a draw from your investments because you have more money coming in from social security. You don't need as much uh, in that buffer. So that's something you wanna review at least once a year is what's the length of time I wanna protect and what's the amount of money I'm expecting to pull out of there. That's one piece of it. That's kind of the solving for. The next piece is, well, uh, where is it at? You know, if I want to have 300,000 in my, my buffer, sometimes you call it an income bucket, and I'm at 200,000, uh, do I need to refill that? So go look at your money that's invested into the stock market. And if you made money with profit, you want to decide each year, am I going to just let this rebalance in the market? Or do I want to maybe uh, replenish? Do I want to rebalance my stocks? Or do I want to refill my uh, buffer asset or my, my income bucket, whichever that is. So you definitely need to be looking at this every single year, but it's not a reflexive, I always have a couple hundred grand in this buffer account. I always move my profit over because the, the market's down 30% of the time. And if the market's down, that's the whole point of the buffer is you, you allow that to go down as well too. You allow your income bucket to pay you out for those years where the stock market's going down. And then and you've elevated and you see that the stock market's gone up, perhaps you are topping off, you're refueling that income bucket. So that's what, one thing to, to look at. And yes, you should be looking at uh, refilling. Doesn't mean you will refill, but you should be looking at your income bucket every single year. All right, question number three is, this is kind of a loaded question, but I'm curious to learn how the tax planning software can estimate lifelong tax savings. Do you need to project out income spending needs in order to get that output? 
And I think what the uh, the questioner is asking is, uh, how do you know what's the right thing to do, right? When you're planning out, especially your taxes, how do you know what the right thing is to do? And thankfully, there's a whole lot of computers that help uh, help advisors out, help me out uh, with that. So when you're using a tax planning software, and I'm using a tax planning software, uh, we're plugging in. What's your income coming in, like Social Security and pensions? We're plugging in. What are your spending needs? Do you need 50 grand a year or 100 grand a year? Are you going to take out and spend money on a car at the 50 grand cost once every seven years, right? We're, we're plugging in this income and spending needs, and we know what today's tax laws are. Uh, you can project out what uh, inflation is going to look like. And you can see, all right, if this money's coming in from Social Security, if you are spending a certain dollar amount, it's got to come from somewhere. So it's coming from these different investments that are traditional and Roth and savings accounts and brokerage accounts. And you can really plan out and see uh, what is your likely tax return. You can really project out your tax returns over your rest of your lifetime. You really can uh, do that. And then you can project out, well, what if you do something different? Right? What if you take money from your traditional IRA first or you take it out last? What if you do a Roth conversion or don't do a Roth conversion? What if you uh, take Social Security today or don't take Social Security today? There's a lot of different things that you can plan out. So this is a question I get every so often and it's somewhat, I get this question from people that don't believe that tax planning is even possible. It's like, uh, well, you have no idea what the market's going to do. You have no idea what tax laws are going to do. So, so why even bother? Well, uh, that's one attitude. But uh, you know exactly what uh, the tax laws are today. You know that your taxes are likely to change before and after you retire, before and after you turn on your uh, required minimum distributions, before and after you turn on Social Security, before and after you become widowed. So you really can target when are the times you're likely to have lower taxes? When are the times you're likely to have higher taxes? And uh, thankfully there's computers that can run all kinds of different uh, scenarios for us to give us an idea of which direction should you be looking in. So uh, yes, I've seen sometimes where people say, hey, you do this one thing and you get this uh, you know, $182,242.03, right? You get this exact benefit. Well, yeah, we don't know that you're gonna get that exact benefit, but you can tell which way the directions are leading. And if you find a time that you think and you see that your taxes are likely to be lower, you ought to pay taxes at that lower rate, most often through a Roth conversion. And if you find times when your taxes are likely to be higher, perhaps after you become widowed, you should find ways to defer your taxes or have them paid ahead of time so you can avoid those likely higher taxes. Uh, retirement planning, tax planning is not about certainty. It's about probability. And when you're making decisions that you are looking and say, most of the time I come out ahead, right? If you're making a lot of decisions where most of the time you come out ahead, well, guess what? Most of the time you're going to come out ahead. And when you do that, you can run numbers where quite often we see when we're running the numbers that say, if you do tax planning, instead of not doing tax planning, the projections are lowering your lifetime tax bill by you know 20%, 50% even over your lifetime. It's, it's definitely worth doing. So uh, that'll answer your question there on can you really project out the tax plan? The answer is yes, you can project it out. Uh, at least it's going to get you in the right direction and you're going to make better decisions because you've done the math. I like to say that. You want to learn the math, do the math, and follow the math. Those three things are really going to help you out 
as you're planning out your taxes. So thank you for uh, sending in your questions. For those of you that want to have some questions answered, go to retirement-reveal.com, click on Ask Jeremy a Question. And then of course, you can also ask your questions by typing in your comments in the Mr. Retirement YouTube channel. And thank you for listening to the Retirement Reveal podcast. We believe if you know more about your money, you will feel better about your money and you will make better money decisions. This was another great episode of the Retirement Revealed podcast. Click on the subscribe button below to automatically get our latest episodes. If you liked our show and want even more, please give us a rating and a review at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. We would love to hear from you. Please go to retirement-revealed.com to learn more and send us your questions and feedback. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guests and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Kyle Financial Partners, Thrivent, or its affiliates. The guests are not affiliated with or endorsed by Thrivent Advisor Network. Kyle Financial Partners does not provide legal accounting or tax advice. Consult your attorney or tax professional. Representatives have general knowledge of the Social Security tenants. For details on your situation, contact the Social Security Administration. Kyle Financial Partners is part of the Thrivent Advisor Network, a registered investment advisor. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investment advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have with your investment planning. Advisory persons of Thrivent provide advisory services under a doing business as name or may have their own legal business entities. However, advisory services are engaged exclusively through Thrivent Advisor Network LLC or registered investment advisor. Kyle Financial Partners and Thrivent Advisor Network LLC are not affiliated companies. Information in this message is for the intended recipients only. Please visit our website, www.kylefp.com, for important disclosures.